Welcome to the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, brought to you by Higher Yields Cannabis Consulting, your seed to sale business solutions team. My name is Adam, your host, and today a panelist on our episode about the importance of brand in cannabis, episode 33. Today our guests are Corey Wagner and Anthony Adkins, along with myself. Many emerging cannabis businesses treat their branding like an afterthought. Worse still, they act as though cannabis branding is easy. Because of the industry's natural association with the plant itself, they assume their brand should include green, a pot leaf, and or a green cross. Yet, by just slapping the obvious associated symbols together and calling it a brand, you're missing out on a major opportunity. In this episode, we talk about why branding is so important to the success of your business and how you can position your business for success and generate demand purely based on the strength of your brand. So, let's get on with the show. Well, let's start by having you guys introduce yourselves. Let's start with you, Corey. I'm Corey Wagner. I'm the CEO of Higher Yields Consulting. Well, thanks for being here. And Anthony, could you introduce yourself? Yep, absolutely. Anthony Atkins, Director of Business Development with Higher Yields. Well, thanks for being here. As far as branding, how does it relate to business development? Well, one of the things that I believe is a is is misread, mis misunderstood is how uh, brand development, brand positioning, brand messaging, and how important that is to uh, the business development side um, of an industry of a business, and you know, locking in in, in terms of you know what that is. A, a brand element is so important because it creates the first step of the demand generation process. And uh, which I'll get into a little a little later, but how important it is for business development to at least have some uh, directional leadership on that brand development, um, but also how integrated it really is as marketing as a service and, of course, business development uh, go hand in hand with the uh, proliferation of of that brand and anchoring that into those conversations that are so important with clients and potential customers and partners and, and those sorts of things. Uh, so business development is, is championing that brand. And if the brand is, is, is not good, if the brand is suspect and not clear in terms of awareness and messaging and positioning, then it creates a, a chain reaction through the demand generation process um, that uh, causes and could cause confusion, you know, with clients and customers, and also in the marketplace. So, in terms of business development, it's very important that brand is not only positioned well, messaged well, uh, the awareness is is created, um, but it's championing that brand throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And speaking of process, uh, could you discuss the process of branding a little bit, Corey? Sure. So, I mean, starting out, you know, kind of trying to develop a brand um, is, is obviously the first step. And generally what we'll do is, is ask our clients, you know, what, who, who are we trying to connect with? Because that's, that's really what we want to think about first is kind of the end point of what are we trying, who are we trying to attract to this brand? What is the following we're, we're attempting to gain? Um, and then from there, you know, it starts where a lot of people 
you know, where kind of people think it, it ends or, or would be all of it was, is with the actual logo creation, color palettes, fonts, um, starting to talk about some of the things like, like Anthony mentioned, the messaging of, of what we're going to say, how we're going to say it. Um, and that process is a lot of fun because a lot of times, you know, we're trying to kind of find out, you know, what, what clients want this to be. You know, we're looking at other types of brands and we're thinking about certain words or certain emotions that they're trying to, to use to help gain that exposure of their brand um, and how we can kind of visualize that. So how can we take a word and, and make it look like something that will attract people? Um, and sometimes that's done by shape. Sometimes it's done by colors. Um, sometimes it's done by certain imagery. But as we go through that process, we start to kind of refine those things and, and figure out that imagery and try different color palettes and try different fonts. And then we start to develop into the messaging. Um, that's where we start to you know, really start to understand you know, what this brand is going to look like. But we're also kind of thinking about the mission of the company, the vision of the company, core values of the company, or the individual, um, for that matter. And you know, through those things, we're starting to really develop like more of a almost like a persona of you know what this company is or what what this brand is is going to represent. And then from there, it's really how do we you know how do we convey this? How do we deploy it and, and get it out into the public and really test it to make sure that we did. We did attract what we were looking to. The brand did hit the way that that we needed it to, or the brand connected the way that we needed it to connect. Okay, how about a demand generation? Yeah, as, as I was mentioning before, uh, the demand generation process—it's uh, really a six-phase process that actually is an integrated uh, effort uh, with business development, marketing, aka you know, and the branding element that a uh, organization should pay close attention to. Um, one of the things that I will say that Higher Yields has done uh, just from an outstanding perspective is really um, understand their brand, position their brand well, message their brand well, and market their brand very, very well. Um, I've been with uh, multi-billion dollar year global companies, um, and they still don't understand it. Uh, you know, it was primarily in the technology and telecom in industries, and they still don't get it. Um, the great thing about what uh, Higher Yields has in, uh, is the fact that we get it. Um, you know, Corey, plug for you, of course. I mean, just understanding and knowing that we get it and we do it and we actually offer it as a service within our uh, vertical, within our systems um, offerings. Um, but in, specifically in this demand generation process, there's six key phases or there's six key approaches that are all integrated. And the first one starts with brand awareness. Uh, it starts with brand messaging. It starts with brand positioning. Uh, it's the first element to create intrigue into the marketplace uh, that uh, causes curiosity. And when you can create that curiosity, when you can create that awareness and you position it well and message it well, um, it's the beginning of a, of a great relationship and building trust, uh, not only in the market as a whole and in the industry as a whole, but also as clients uh, work and, and opportunities and partners connect with us um, in order to formulate a revenue generating environment, uh, support environment, or a partnership environment. So um, that, that, that falls into that uh, a brand awareness. It's a one-to-many type of environment where we're reaching out and solidifying and anchoring in our presence you know, into the market as a whole. 
Um, by doing that very, very well, it allows us to move into a more targeted awareness or a targeted environment of, of connected intrigue, connected curiosity, where there is a, hmm, okay, yes, absolutely, I want to find out more. Business development, of course, picks that up and moves it into and continues to build trust through that targeted environment um, where, there, where, where there is that initial intrigue and curiosity that we can carry through the process. As far as brand awareness, could you chip in on that, uh, Corey? And then I'll pipe in. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I'll kind of kick this one to you. You speak a lot better to this than I do. No, absolutely. Um, the aspect of brand awareness, again, is all built around this whole idea of creating curiosity or intrigue. Um, it's sort of the why of higher yields as opposed to what we do uh, or who we are. It is formulated around uh, developing the why. Why us? Why you? Why, uh, why the partnership? Um, but it's creating the intrigue in terms of you know, um, filling in or resolving uh, a certain issue or a opportunity. Um, You know, I have this whole idea of of what great brand awareness does is it elicits or brings to the surface latent pain or latent uh, gap in a uh, particular project and a particular uh, solution that they're seeking or the client account or partnership is seeking brand awareness creates that that intrigue meaning it's positioned well it's messaged well and it's causing or it's reaching or it's attracting uh the client consumer partner uh to us um in order to be able to gain permission to continue on in the conversation it's really the the first step in developing uh the the dialogue the communication and the conversation yeah as somebody on the visual side of things I notice a lot of, it's very frustrating. A lot of companies, they'll camouflage themselves by mm. having generic logos and generic um, advertising that just kind of blends right into the chaos and noise that we're all subjected to. I, I think what's the prime directive is to grab attention and, and as you said, uh, curiosity. And you only have like, millisecond to do that so you got to keep that in mind and also another frustrating thing is so many companies will spend millions of dollars on their facilities and then they'll go to like fiverr on the internet to get their logo done where somebody just gets some stock logo and changes the name on it and it basically camouflages their business and they're and they're they're losing that millions of dollars that they invested so one, one of the things that I tell cannabis people as far as branding is to go look at craft beer, go, go to a beer store and look at the craft beer section. I, I think it's generally done very well because they, they, they all sort of grab your attention. They're all very distinct and they do get that curiosity, at least with me. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, I, th- I think that's a good place to look. And another thing to consider is the uh, don't go cutesy too much with with like, you know, like little cute frog or something. It might get you in trouble because if you think of the Joe Camel thing, I think that was in the 90s, you know, where they got sued for sued their pants off, you know, because it, it was attracted to kids. You don't want to 
make it cartoony and attractive to kids. So um, that might be one thing you want to do slightly different than the craft beer. Um, but I, I think craft beer is like a, a very good example to look at because you, you want to grab their attention and hold it and have that curiosity. So you're interested in investigating that product a little further. And if you do that, you have an advantage over all the people who are basically just having camouflaging their businesses by being generic, you know, and not thinking it through and, and not taking it seriously. As far as that, there's businesses that take their business super seriously and then they don't, they don't give a single thought about the uh, uh, branding or logos or, you know, their look and, and, you know, what goes deeper uh, down to their customer service and stuff like that. So, so anyway, that's my piece. Yeah. How important that is, uh, Adam Corey, with regards to consistency across all medias, you don't want to have a great logo um, and then fail in the narrative or fail in the messages and the messaging or the positioning. You want to be able to carry that through um, as, you know, in, in all ways that people would connect, you know, to you or, you know, of course, to higher yields as well. But uh, how important uh, consistency through through media is. Yeah, it's, it's good to have a, a coherent message throughout everything, you, even your answering message on your phones um, and how the people on your phones react to the customers and every bit of from letterheads to brochures or whatever advertisements, you know, it, it all has to be part of a coherent whole that you really think about and have professionals help you with. Coherent, consistent, and continuity, I think it's something we say quite a bit, and it kind of goes to the depth of a brand um, and making sure that you're, um, you know, once you have the logo, once you have your mission, your vision, your core values, um, everything has to kind of relate back to that. And that has to kind of bleed throughout the entire, the entire brand. Like you said, Adam, all the way down the letterhead. Um, like you said, Anthony, all the way through the messaging and as deep as customer service, because if, if your core values don't align with the brand throughout, then that's where you get that disruption. That's, that's where you break that continuity and that's where you break trust, you know, because the idea of the brand is to, to establish that trust and establish that credibility. And if somewhere along the way that breaks down and that's something that, you know, the owner of that brand has to become aware of and has to improve on, otherwise it's always going to be an issue. And eventually it's going to kind of crack that foundation of the brand itself. Yeah, that is for sure. I would just say that, you know, what I've seen in the industry over the last 10 years and, and one of my closest advisors told me, you know, when they were kind of looking this industry with me is, um, you know, back in really 2010, he said, you know, the two areas where I think people are going to be able to stand out or are going to be the most important aspects of this industry are going to be compliance and branding. Um, and at that time, you know, people were still selling things in, in mason jars out of their cabinets and um, Ziploc baggies and everybody, you know, had the greatest product in the world. But as time's gone on, we've started to see what impact branding can really have to a product. And it's huge, um, especially for some of the smaller groups looking to get in as, as a boutique grow or as a boutique extraction company. You know, you're not going to be able to stand out and compete with people who have 200,000 square foot of indoor cultivation and 
10, 15 years of experience. The only way you're going to be able to compete with them is to have something like you mentioned, Adam, kind of like a, a craft brewery, you know, something that's small, something that that is boutique, but you're going to need the brand with that to be able to stand out and, and compete on that on the shelf, you know, against some of these, these bigger guys, because the bigger guys are going to be looking to win from a monetary standpoint, you know, they're, they're going to conquer because of their size and their ability to compete from a price standpoint. But the smaller groups, the boutique ones are going to have the ability to, you know, drive price up, but it has to be driven by that brand. It has to be, there has to be something more special than just the product that actually sits in that container. So, you know, I, I really reflect back to that, that conversation I had with my advisor years ago and think, wow, he was, he was spot on. Um, just walking into dispensaries now and seeing, you know, everybody, a lot of smaller dispensaries are trying to have kind of their in-house brands, but everybody has their kind of standard product line <clears throat> that we see almost everywhere, you know, with specific extracts, specific edibles, specific candy bars, specific topicals, um, and some have specific flowers. But then on the other side of, of the cabinet, you know, they have their in-house flower and their in-house extracts, their in-house edibles and, and those things do well for them and they probably you know make a little bit better margin on them but to have those established brands on your shelf is really what continues to to bring in people and allow them to see not just those products but also your products um, so having those established brands and being one of those established brands is really in my opinion what's going to set most of these groups apart from from some of these these bigger competitors that they're going to run up against yeah. And another point is I've seen a lot of like edibles and stuff like that. And the packaging looks like it was done in somebody's basement. It kind of breaks your trust of what's in there, you know, and the purity and the quality of it, you know, it might be the absolute best quality, but if it looks like some fly by night made in the basement sort of thing, just puts a lot of doubt in your mind. So that's another thing to take into consideration is you want to uh, project that that's a quality product and it, it can be trusted and it, it's pure and because a lot of them seem questionable to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to your point, packaging, I mean, you, you think about it, when you walk into a store, you're not going to see the product that's inside the packaging right off the bat. You're going to see the packaging. And that's that's where that logo, that's, you know, where the colors, the fonts, those things like really come into play, but that, that gets it into your hands. Once it's in your hands, it's more about the feel of it, the touch of it. Um, and we've seen some really cool packaging with, you know, it's plastic packaging, but it has like a soft, almost felty feel to it. And some of it, you know, it's shiny and there's just different ways to like, once it hits the person's hands to, to build that trust. But then beyond that, you know, it goes to customer service and, you know, the bud tender or the person who's selling it, being able to educate you on it. And then it goes deeper to actually opening that package and seeing that product. And that product has to hit the quality that you know people are expecting based on the customer service, the packaging, the logo, the font, the you know the design of it. Um, and especially in today's market, where we're starting to see a lot more of the retailers move towards uh, you know a call ahead online digital platform where people can you know point click and have fill up their their cart and just show up and pick up their products. If they do that and they get good products, they're gonna to continue to do that. But if they have issues, you know, or they go and pick it up and they think it's going to be great and it's not, um, that's, you know, that's where you've tarnished the brand. And in this industry, there's so many competitors out there right now and 
you know, the customer base is so much more educated than it was five years ago, even um, that, you know, it only takes one time to kind of screw it up, you know, and, and to lose that trust. And once you've lost that trust, it's a lot harder to get it back than it is to, to just keep it, keep that trust moving forward in that relationship. Yeah. And the thing is, is that um, the great thing about higher yields and what we offer and what we provide in terms of that marketing as a service demand generation system and support uh, to our clients is, is we drink our own juice. What I mean by that is we actually utilize <laughs> very, very well, by the way, I mean, our, our own system. It's not, uh, we're not some, you know, consultant that sits there and, you know, tells you how many great things we're going to do for you in regards to this. And then not even and have a, a, you know, a lackluster website or, you know, I'm operating from, you know, a plants of, of theory rather than practice. Um, so we practice what we preach. We drink our own juice. Uh, we're very, very aware um, of how important brand is. Uh, there's so much chaos in the industry and we provide that clarity, that consistency and uh, that, that foundational uh, brand, brand positioning, brand awareness, you know, for our clients and customers to cut through the noise, to create clarity in the chaos and uh, really deliver on, you know, excellent, excellent demand generation process. Uh, so very excited to be able to talk to, you know, anyone who's curious about, um, you know, our, our process. Um, I'll just add one one more little clip here is um, similar to a lot of things we do at higher yields. You know, it's a constant state of improvement. And one of the most interesting things about cannabis is different than a lot of industries where we're, you know, there's there's been this this long runway or this this long history of the industry. And when brands come about, you know, there's more of a true background. Whereas in cannabis, you know, a lot of times we're kind of not making it up, but we're, you know, it's, it's coming from something conceptual, you know, this is a new business, a new industry. Um, so I just think it's important that people understand that it's okay to see brands evolve and change um, because those things certainly do happen. Um, but you still have to have that good foundation of, of those core values of, of what direction you're bringing it. But there's still that, you know, there's still that flexibility as these brands evolve to, to, to be able to kind of cater them and push them and mold them and mend them um, into exactly, you know, what people want them to be. And that's one of the fun things about cannabis is, is we're able to continue to evolve things and continuously improve them um, and try to make them better. So that's, uh, that's all I got. Well, thank you. I think that's all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank you gentlemen for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. Exactly. All right, thanks, guys. Really fun. Yeah, thanks. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in today and listening to our podcast. For information on how to follow the Higher Enlightenment podcasts, please be sure to check out the description below. You'll receive all the latest and greatest podcast news and announcements. We'll also let you know when we release new episodes. If you'd like to be a guest on the Higher Enlightenment podcasts or have ideas about upcoming episodes, please be sure to check out the description below. For information about sponsorship or advertising on the Higher Enlightenment podcast, please call us at 844-HIGH-YIELD. 
That's 844-H-I-Y-I-E-L-D. Or visit our website at higheryieldsconsulting.com. Thanks, have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.